All right, we're live in West London. David, hello, how are you? I'm pleased to be here. Thank you for well, inviting me. Thank you very much for coming. And you're also known as the Hemp Hero. Uh, well, uh, that, that, that was a name, a brand name that I came up with um, for the uh, organic soap that we're, we're producing. And it was simply because um, it was the first thing that came to my mind. But um, using that moniker really also to, to um, uh, get involved with the hemp industry, get involved with the, the hemp community. So um, it, it helped to have a, a, a bit of a, a, a badge. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I first, I think I first ran into you at Hempfest uh, yes. in Glastonbury, probably about around a month or so now ago, and you were doing a talk on Korean farming techniques. Yes, Korean natural farming. Korean um, natural farming. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's um, it's it's something that I've learned over the years. Um, I've been practicing for a number of years, and. Uh, when I started to uh, look at the idea of going uh, larger scale, that's where the Hemp Hero came in. We needed to fund uh, going a, a larger scale, so that's where we produce in the the organic hemp soap. So you so you you grow hemp. You have a hemp farm. We're actually at the the, the moment um, uh, just a, a agroforestry project. So, um, but we are uh, working with uh, Vitality Hemp uh, with Nathaniel over there, um, and he's going to help us to. Uh, get our license hopefully within the uh, uh in time for the next season but primarily um i came to korean natural farming for the agroforestry um but also from a uh, a personal perspective as well um i like to have uh, organic plants and i like to be able to um not buy any bottled nutrients basically that 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 was where i came to it the idea of putting on the lab coat getting out the the measurements and and everything it always proved to be too much too little right wrong time trying to work to a schedule from a manufacturer and you completely forget to look at the plant so the introduction to korean natural farming was really a way of learning more about how the plant is growing rather than what we're trying to feed the plant so that's where i moved into korean natural farming simply to get away from going and buying bottled nutrients. Okay, and tell me a little bit about agroforestry then. Is this purely just the like, looking after trees, making sure they've got optimal health? Pretty much, well, agroforestry is more of a, a, a planned agricultural system uh, based around um, a what we'd call a perennial orchard. So within uh, modern agriculture, you, you're seeing a bit of an adoption in as much as they would have in between um, uh, row crops they may have um, uh, uh, trees or bushes or shrubs um, they may have um, an apple orchard shall we say or uh, any form of orchard which they would also grow companion plants most commercial operations tend to be the single crop so it's a field of wheat or it's an orchard of apples uh, anything around it or anything in between it is pretty much not needed or not not considered to be um, anything other than a, a, a hindrance. Um, so agroforestry is designing uh, designing a system which over time will actually manage itself. Um, and the idea is that once established, um, that that forest will effectively feed itself. That forest will support itself. That forest will be able to uh, uh, operate at the optimal level. And for Korean natural farming, that's 
what you're trying to do with the soil is get the soil to a position where the biology can uh, can um, handle and uh, accommodate um, heavy feeders, if you like, uh, and perennial crops are, are, are part of that. Um, so it's as much myself trying to be lazy. I wanted to do something that rather than me going out and buying a combine harvester, um, I wanted to be able to come back in 10 years time and uh, have a income, have a, um, a, a crop that is pretty much far easier to manage and something that I won't have to keep coming back to year after year after year. It's something really for, for a lazy man's way of farming, if you like. Well, was it Bill Gates that said he'd always hire a lazy developer over you know, someone that wasn't because they'd, they'd find the quickest, most efficient way of doing something? Exactly, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's... I looked at the system and the problem I found with it, and this is no criticism of anybody who's pioneered this area, is that there was one essential element missing, which is the part below the plants, the soil. Everything was about creating the right plants to support the trees and for the right trees to support the right plants. For the the system to be designed in a way that uh, you'd have wind breaks in there, you would have glades in there, you'd have um, a, a companion of plants um, and trees, but you kind of discounted the soil. It was, it will happen. It will happen when the trees make it happen, when the shrubs make it happen, when the climbers make it happen. So everything in permaculture, from my perspective, was very much from the ground up, the, the, the layers, the seven layers. Um, and disregarding the soil below. So I came to create natural farming and agroforestry with the idea of putting them together. If I want to create a forest in a field, then I'm gonna to have to get the right soil biology because at the moment, the only thing that's in there is pretty much grass. Um, that's something that um, um, I can handle. It's great, it's, it's a free source of uh, fertilizer for me, but um, to really accelerate the process for a forest, I need to look, and I looked and said uh, to myself, who feeds a forest? That led me down the line of uh, Jeff Lowenthal's to um, uh, people such as uh, Sepp Holzer. Um, and those, uh, those were my inspiration to, to move into agroforestry. And cause I, uh, I'm in, uh, uh, Totnes in South Devon, we're close to the Agroforestry Research Trust. So I trained under Martin Crawford, simply attending uh, the courses that he, he applies there. And we took that model and we're applying that to, uh, to uh, well, at the moment, it's a, a four acre plot that we've got that's going to extend out the, to, to another, uh, to, to 11 eventually. So that's, that's, that's how I got to Korean natural farming and that's how I see it links into agroforestry. Right, nice. Yeah, so so you've got on one level, and is this, so the, most people at the moment in, in agroforestry, are they focused around, like you mentioned, these symbiotic relationships from, from plant to plant? Yeah. Whereas you're going, you know, almost taking a step back from that and allowing uh, an ecosystem on your farm or your forest where actually those symbiotic relationships will be automatically created based on the needs of that. That particular place yeah i mean it, it's like if you're going to build a city um you need you need buildings because eventually that city will have a population but you also need 
the ancillary services underneath. You need to have water, you need to have roads, you need to have um, electricity, you need to have all of the elements so that those buildings can be built because you can't just turn up and start mixing concrete. You need power to mix that. So what, what we're, uh, we're, we're doing is, is looking at the forest and saying, who feeds the forest? We understand it's the microbes. Right, if it's the microbes, what are the best microbes? And those are the indigenous microbes. So we go to areas which have not been developed. They have to be fairly local as well. Indigenous obviously means, means local, um, but at the same time, we're a very small island with a, um, we don't have too much of an extreme of climate, shall we say. But we would go to um, uh, areas which have been undisturbed. That means that that soil biology has been able to um, adapt itself to be the best that it needs to be. Um, you, you're taking that biology and then you're um, feeding that the, the, the best resource that you can, the cheapest resource that you can. Um, for us, that is actually boiled potato. That's the cheapest way of we, which we can feed microbes. Um, and then we put that, uh, that soil life onto the grassland, shall we say, or we, we, we put it to where we're planting our trees. The reason being is because those microbes already work in symbiosis with a tree. Any plant is basically exuding sugars. The photosynthesis, photosynthesis process is basically the generation of uh, sugars, which in exchange with all the other um, uh, soil life, it means that a tree, if it requires something, it can exude something which something else will go, I know how to get that. So how do you put that intelligence into the soil? The soil know how, knows how to grow grass, that's great. But what if we take, rather like humans, if we, we take a, a person from um, uh, Britain and we send them over to the, the, the Far East or the Far West, wherever, wherever, to a completely different environment, they're gonna teach people. You probably know how to make a curry. I'm sure your great-grandparents didn't know how to make a curry unless they were <laughs> over in India. But that, the, the point is that there are new skills that are being brought along. And these are, these are super soldiers. These are people that are like, ah, yeah, we know how to take moisture out of the air, no problem. Um, they know how to handle heat. They know how to handle cold. They know how to handle the environment that is around them. So we take them, we um, feed them, we multiply them, and then when we put them onto the, to, to the, uh, the soil, um, we then feed them. And again, we, we feed them in almost homeopathic levels of um, uh, uh, nutrients, if you like. Because the idea is the indigenous microorganisms essentially are highly concentrated fungal spores. And if you've ever worked, read anything by Paul Stamets, you, you, we're now finally waking up to the idea of mycelium and what it does. Um, I read a book a number of years ago, uh, What a Plant Knows, and it was very interesting because it, 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 it pretty much put it into the perspective. If you were somebody who needed, was housebound, but they needed to be able to, to go out and get food, you would have to have something to exchange with somebody else to go and get that. It's the same with plants. Trees, plants, they all need certain things. They can't move, they can't go and get them, but if they have a symbiotic relationship, that's fine, I know where to get boron. Bosh, I'm off, I can go and get it. Um, we're also repairing the soil as well. So a lot of the times the microbes will come into the environment. Hang on, there's a new fresh faces here and lo and behold, you've got 
you've got the party going on and they, they yeah. teach them how to do things. So you're, 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 you're essentially, try, I, I try to humanise it if you like, think of it as people, you go, you learn new skills. We actually take in the uh, IMO process where we take the IMO from IMO 1 to IMO 5, you're essentially training your soil. So at the third stage, you're training your soil to work with those microbes. That then means that your soil can operate as a forest soil would do. And anything, pathogens, uh, any deficiencies, they're all because of lack of diversity. Same with our own human health. Um, if you have a, a proliferation of E. coli in your gut, you're gonna get diarrhea. So how do we re resolve that? We put in lactic acid bacteria, they knock heads together, they stop the bad boys taking over and they bring balance. So that's what we're doing with the IMO is, is bringing that idea of balance and diversity, using those microbes that know how to generate that balance and diversity. Um, plus also microbes are nutrient. The excrement of, uh, of microorganisms is nutrient. So it's rather like you and I, we are 80% water. Well, so it's a microbe. So there's always going to, you've got heavy microbial life in your soil, you're going to have moisture. So we don't have any drought issues. This last summer, prime example. You only need to drive around, and I drove from Devon to London, and I could see the destruction of the, 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 the soil because they, the soil just didn't know how to handle not having moisture because there was a low micro, microbial life in there. Um, so what we try to do is bring the microbes that if they know how to handle drought, they come out. If it's too wet, they go in. So how does, how does that work? So let's say there were two patches of land side by side on your, on your drive from Devon to London. Yeah. One of them had been treated with these microbes yep. and it had a healthy level of these microbes in the system, healthy immune system, if you will, yep. and the other yep. one hadn't been treated. Yep. What, what's the difference you're going to see after a drought? Um, well, and from my personal experience, um, we did not suffer from a drought this, this summer. We didn't have any issues with, with, uh, uh, with moisture at all. Uh, we do a lot of growing in hugel cultures, which are um, essentially a recreation of the forest floor. We have no drought issues. We had no drought issues whatsoever because there is enough life in the soil and with life there's moisture because all life is 80% moisture mm. pretty much so where you have that um, uh, uh, that environment um, you don't have those issues it's it, it's the same as a human stomach if you again if you eat something that's got a little bit too much of salmonella you're going to have an issue but your stomach does have salmonella in there or your system does have salmonella in there in the tiniest amounts but it's that balance and that diversity which is important. So the balance and diversity to a good gut health is the same as soil health. You need that. Right. And, and so you mentioned fungi and you mentioned mm -hmm. Paul Stamets, one of my heroes. What, what part are fungi playing in this? I understand there's kind of mycelial networks in the soil. Is this, is this part of the, the techniques? Yeah, yeah, pr pretty much. I mean, uh, IMO in its um, simplest sense really is going to be um, highly um, uh, uh, highly fungal spores. The, the idea is that what we're, we're doing um, is we're, we're capturing them. And in that process, uh, rather like uh, you, you shaking a flower and it releasing the, the seed, 
they will go into a form which will, will they will sporalize basically so that when you then reintroduce moisture so we're taking the IMO we um, we're doing that by using a, a starch form we then take that IMO and we mix it with brown sugar that brown sugar stabilizes the IMO um, think of it like um, Sorry, what's IMO? IMO is the indigenous microorganism. Right. So we want to go to a forest and we need to identify areas which are going to be highly fungal. How do we do that? Well, you can just scrape away leaf mould and you should see material. And you'll see on that material white hyphae. Well, if you're seeing hyphae, then you're seeing a colonisation of mycelium that's highly concentrated. So what we're doing is we're going to take that and we're going to feed it the best food that it, 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 it can have. It's like putting out a banquet. So we gather the IMO by putting out a banquet. They come, they proliferate within the, the medium, which is uh, hard boiled rice. We then take that rice, mix it with equal parts of brown sugar, and then we've stabilized it. What that then means is we've effectively put all that life, which has sporalized, so it's ready to, to, to to fire out as soon as it's woken up again it's and i've got to say big thing <laughs> thanks to the explanation of this this is a uh, uh, drake uh, a guy who i know online and the way he described it is very apt it's like putting hand solar in carbonite so you're you're taking that 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 uh, that life and you're suspending it in uh, um, uh, suspended anim animation in essentially brown sugar because it's binds with the water molecules and it effectively puts them asleep. You're then using that as a form of inoculation. Now that inoculation, so you can take merely a teaspoon of that and you can add that to water and you could proliferate that out onto your land. But we would rather take that and then multiply it. And to multiply it, you would add it uh, to something like wheat bran. That's, that's, that's the conversion over from Korea. Over in Korea, they would use rice holes. Uh, over here, we don't grow a lot of rice, but we grow a lot of wheat, so we would use wheat bran. We can also, and this is where I'm working with the hemp industry, there's a lot of, inverted commas, waste from the hemp. Uh, the, the, the shells de-hold uh, seeds. That's a perfect medium for growing this IMO. So we take a teaspoon of this IMO, which is suspended in sugar. We add it to another medium, which is, uh, typically wheat bran. That life again proliferates out, multiplies out extensively. We then dry that out, we're effectively again putting it into a, a, a stasis mode. That is your IMO3. So IMO to the power of three if you like. We then can, uh, again we can use the IMO at that stage as a soil amendment, we can just spread it out. And if you've ever come across Bukashi, which is Japanese specialized compost, it's pretty much the same thing. Um, that That is used as a soil amendment. We can then take the IMO3 and we can again um, take it to its the next stage, which is the, the best stage to get it to in, in some respects, is to IMO4. And again, we're introducing that to our soil. We're teaching the microbes how to work with the microbes in our soil. Again, increasing the, the, the power of the, the um, uh, of the uh, the uh, uh, the microbes. By that I mean um, every time we take a spoonful, that spoonful turns into a barrel load. Every time we take a barrel load, that barrel load turns into a skip load. So it's it's 
exponentially increasing the amount of life that we can then put out onto our soil. And that process just requires a number of little, uh, a number of inputs as we're known. And that's what the other part of Korean natural farming, not only is the gathering of the IMO, the proliferation of the, the, the IMO, the, the growth of the IMO, um, but also feeding that IMO. And that's where we have a number of different uh, recipes, um, which again, um, the idea behind that is you're creating micronized food for which you're going to feed the microbes. A lot of it is based on sugar and uh, um, there is a, a, a lot of sugar involved in that. And this is where there's other ways in which we can do Korean natural farming, not strictly Korean natural farming, but we can do natural farming by using a cheaper method than brown sugar. But so Korean natural farming is essentially soil, making soil amendment, a highly specialized compost, which is full of the super soldiers, the best of the best of the best of the best of the best. They know how to handle things. We feed them very simple sugars, same as a plant would do, that would then multiply them out. And at the same time, those inputs and those recipes are there not only to offer food, but we're also offering medicine. We're also offering um, uh, a number of different elements. If you go to a, a nutrient shop, you'll see a grow and a bloom. But there's elements, there's recipes within Korean natural farming that will give you those elements. So if you're looking to bloom, it'd be water-soluble calcium. So that's, that's where we're creating a soil system by taking the indigenous microorganisms, we're then feeding that sort of soil system and trying to do it on a very cheap level as well. Right, okay, wow, that's, that's amazing stuff. So There's a lot in there. What what struck me as interesting is when you mentioned that you you suspend it in the brown sugar, and you then put it in the um, barley wheat was it wheat bran yeah wheat bran yeah yeah that strikes me as quite um, yeah, mushroom cultivators growing mushrooms at home they exactly. get a substrate and exactly. they do they inoculate it or well, that's the spores going in I guess but basically that exactly. mycelial network grows around the grain and you can kind of see it growing there so is this the same exactly the same exactly the same except what they do is they have one particular species it be it oyster be it shiitake whatever it may be what we're doing with imo is the same thing you, you, you said the spores we're gathering those spores but we're gathering spores which are so broad we're uh we're gathering other uh, uh, uh pro other elements protozoa nematodes everything which um, is diverse in the soil, we're capturing, we're sporalizing, and then like the mushrooms, we're proliferating that out with, we're giving them a food source, they consume that, and then the fruit is the mushroom. For us, it's, the exact, it's exactly the same, you've, you, you, you've got it. <laughs> and uh, is, so, so are we just kind of taking all of these different microbes and biodiversity from the forest, are we saying that's all goodness? Or could could you unwittingly perhaps introduce? So again, sorry uh, yeah. on the mushroom theme here. I have really been into my Paul Stamets recently. But you look at honey fungus, right? It's a it's a parasitical fungus, yeah. and that will grow and it will take over trees and it will it will yeah. kill these kind of these plants because it's parasitical. Yeah. You know, is there any sort of potluck in where you're selecting 
your your microbes and you're taking the the hyphae or the sample from the forest you're taking that away is there cases where it could introduce unwanted uh microbes into this into this setup it, it it's it's a good question and the answer is from my understanding we don't know we we we, we don't know because we haven't identified the biology that's even sitting on the the planet's surface let alone below it so if you was to ask me as a scientist i'd say no um but in truth the good and the bad are one again a principle of the natural farming uh medicine if overused can be poison so there is no such thing as good and bad if you like each has its own function so nematodes um they perform a function Yet some agriculture will look at it and go, right, we want a very, we don't want any nematodes. It's like looking out into the streets of London and saying, right, I'm going to choose one particular nationality and say you're bad because. Um, no, there's no such thing. They, they work in symbiosis. The, if we do have that, and again, this is where people, certainly if they're looking, shall we, let's be honest, bring the outdoors indoors, and they're looking to utilize this technology. If they're looking to use that, the, the thing with growing indoors is always, it's gotta be clean, it's gotta be clinical, it's gotta be, well, send a kid out, ask them to come back clean. They won't, because the world is dirty. It's the same as the forest. You, there, is, there is no good or bad, they are as one. Each has their own function. And if you're worried about bringing that into your, your system, um, then I would say don't worry too much because you only need to look at how living soil has come with leaps and bounds. People understand I've got to have a cover crop around my plant. I've got to have a bit of straw laying around so that so the soil doesn't dry out. So the commercial side of indoor growing, shall we say, is not so concerned um, with bringing in bad bugs, if you like. Um, but we look at, or I look at it as, um, if we do have an issue, we've got a resolution. So lactic acid bacteria is a an emergency worker. If we have a, a, a really bad um, uh, uh, blight, or if we have some form of disease or, or parasite, as you say, come through, um, there's a way in which we can uh, arrest that. And that was where we would use lactic acid bacteria. That will come in, will knock heads, will rebuild, will get everything back to balance. And with balance, there is no issues. So the, 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 the idea of I'm bringing in foreign soil and I'm bringing in contaminants, that's not the case. It's not the case. Um, what we're looking to do is bring in that life and that life is gonna go into the soil. Now that may have, or that will have an effect on the biology but thus far, I've seen nothing but positive, and let's be honest, a, a few little flying things around aren't going to do any harm to a plant. Mm. It, it, the The important thing is having that uh, balance and diversity in the soil. With that, a strong plant can handle anything. Somebody with a good constitution, oh yeah, I ate that curry. No, oh yeah, no problem. Somebody else should be rolling around on the floor or any other food, kebab, whatever it may be. Some people have a good constitution. Why? Well, because they have a good constitution. Why? Because of how they've been brought up, the nutrients that they have. Somebody who has lesser 
nutrient levels are going to succumb to that illness a lot quicker. So we're looking at the plant. I'm looking at the, the health of the plant because it's the roots and the soil that determine the health of the plant. The same as I can look at you and I can say you look healthy or I can look at somebody else and I'll say they're unhealthy. Typically, that health issue will come from the gut, digestion. The inputs that we use within Korean natural farming, uh, one of the elements, oriental herbal nutrient, is used in such minute amounts. We're talking um, one to one to a thousand. Let me get when I'm right on that. Yeah, one to a thousand. Um, that ratio is, is minute. It's almost homeopathic, but it's rather like you taking a vitamin. You won't succumb to that cold as quickly because you have that tiny little bit of something which is doing something else, which is helping something else. It's what was that called? Oriental herbal nutrient, and, and you put that into the into your soil into your that's into the soil, right? Yeah, and uh, I've actually oh, I've, I've I've got some over with me. I'll I'll get you to test it. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to fly over. Yeah, hopefully this thing is quite it's quite long. So is this something that humans ingest as well? Yes. Yeah. Everything that we feed the soil, everything that we feed the plants, we can eat ourselves. So. The main recipes, we're talking about uh, oriental herbal nutrient. Well, I've got a long list here. And is this part of, does this fall under the umbrella of the, the Korean farming or is this kind of other bits that you've picked up in your, in your journeys and your experiences and kind of added it into this, this holistic pot of goodness? No, it's a core element of Korean natural farming. There are, there are co uh, nine core recipes, oriental herbal nutrient, uh, brown rice vinegar, fermented fruit juice, fermented uh, plant juice, water-soluble calcium, water-soluble calcium phosphate, fermented seawater, and I think that's the nine. That's the core nine. Now, if you have those, then you're following Korean natural farming. You're following the Master Cho's methodology. But alongside that, you can also introduce things such as humic or fulvic acid. You could introduce kombucha. You could introduce... Uh, any form of um, uh, other inputs, but like with most martial arts, you learn the skill from the master. It's only then will you then be able to adjust that to then become a master. So think your Bruce Lee. He came up with his Wing Chun, but not after... He, he didn't become a master straight away. His system came from mastering another system. So I would always encourage anyone who's looking at Korean natural farming is learn the basic recipes, apply those, become confident with those, and once you're confident with them, then you can start freestyling it, shall we say. That's when you can then introduce elements, and you naturally would do that anyway. So in this country, um, this, right, let me just show you, this is the oriental herbal nutrient, and it's... So you've got a little, so I'd say a 10 milliliter tincture or so there with a it's exactly that it's um, a tincture it's like a a rusty water kind of you know like a cloudy ambery yes kind of hue to it it's got a smell it's, oh it smells it's now an alcoholic tincture smells nice yeah it smells like an upmarket shot yeah. so it, just a few drops under the tongue yeah yeah, yeah it's just and what am i going to be on cloud nine or no <laughs> no no, no. The, all, all this is is we take um, five of the 
main herbal nutrients that are used in Chinese medicine. So you're talking garlic, cinnamon, ginger, uh, uh, angelica, and the other one I've losing off the top of my head. Cinnamon, I've mentioned that, haven't I? Let's go through it again. Cinnamon, licorice, angelica, garlic, and ginger. Now, wow. all of those are associated with digestion, aiding of digestion. I don't know if you noticed as you swallowing it, did you feel a bit of a warmth? I did, it yeah. was nice. Which is what digestion is. Your stomach heats up in order to be able to digest. So what we've done is we've taken those herbs and we've tinctured those herbs. But the difference between a normal tincture and the um, Korean natural farming is that first of all that we're going to do a uh, fermentation. That fermentation is what breaks it down to its micro, uh, micronized level. So we're micronizing those elements. We're then suspending that in alcohol and that as a tincture take every day. Now that what the one you had there was actually a, a concoction that I did myself, which was ginger, mango, mugwort, and turmeric. Wow, um, got a good stuff in there. Yeah, and found it's great for um, cold sores. But this one is this is the Oriental herbal. So how's it good for cold sores? Do you say like preventative or like when you get one? Because I suffer from cold sores, and you when you get one, it just basically runs its course. Yeah. Um, so how in what capacity do you use that for? It's like, um, like anything. Well, you, you, you get something and you say it runs its core. It's course. What happens is you have a level of activity which overtakes the normal. And it's not until those guys are f forced back into to normal, if you like, so back to balance, that your coleslaw will go away. Well, how do you reduce that uh, likelihood of that occurrence happening? The same as you would take a, a, a vitamin every day you build up no immunity to it and it's it's like taking a vitamin you, you so you won't have that i don't admit to, to saying it's a cure for cold sores a friend's <laughs> a friend's wife said actually this is the only thing that worked for it and the reason being is simply because it got her immunity to a certain level of balance so that that cold sore which is basically a virus isn't it that virus or effectively a pathogen got out of control well how do you suppress that but don't allow it to ring up its mates and say yeah this is this is easy pickings come here we'll have a party we'll only last for a couple of weeks but we'll kick it then we'll, then yeah things will go back to normal so it's the oriental herbal nutrient is really just as a tincture and it's a way in which in korean natural farming think of it like a medicine same as humans we need food we need medicine. Without that, we're not going to survive. Now, that medicine may be in its most basic form, or it may be um, a, an emergency form. And for that, if we have a problem, if we have a, 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 an imbalance, I would use the lactic acid bacteria to bring that back into balance, if you like. But the oriental herbal, uh, herbal nutrient is seen as a medicine within, um, within the farming system. Alongside that, you have the uh, fermented fruit juice and fermented plant juice, which again are just um, micronized. Uh, you're, you're, you're effectively taking the life juice out of the plant, all of the growth hormones, all of the um, 
all of the ne necessary mechanics, and I'm no scientist, but all of the, the things, like a blood transfusion, if you like, you're, you're, you're taking those essential elements and you're feeding those in a um, water-soluble, plant-available form, and also a microbe-available form. So that, that's the idea behind the herbal nutrient as well, is that you're micronizing, you're extracting the goodness out of those herbs, you're micronizing it, and then you're stabilizing it in alcohol. It will act as a medicine and as we feed our plants anything that we feed the plants we can eat ourselves so everything within the, the natural farming system is actually edible unless you're a vegan then then you may have issues <laughs> but again you can grow veganic as well there's, can you? nice no no there's nothing to say that but I, I i only need to take a walk into our our, our woods and see a dead animal to understand that it's part of the system as well so i will see the bones of a, a pigeon or a fox or whatever and it will it will slowly degrade there and there is you know there is animal inputs if you like but um there's nothing to say that you can't grow veganic um sorry to shatter anyone's illusions but we are covered in microbes we're covered in living organisms and we're eating them all the time so it's, uh, yeah, know, it's a tricky one. Where, where, do you, where do you draw the line on that? Because pretty much any sort of food at, at any kind of sustainable level, there's going to be death of some some sort of yeah. animal, insect, microbe involved. So yeah, it's... exactly. I, I, I'm not being derogatory. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying if you have a microscope, you understand that life doesn't just have a, you know, a certain size to it. So obviously because that's what causes all the problems with human health. But uh... it, make, it makes perfect sense to me. You know, a few years ago, I had a really, um, really poor tummy for weeks. You know, yep. very, very painful, very unsettling. Um, the only thing that fixed that was I bought those probiotic drinks and I started right. drinking one of those in the morning. About a week later, it cleared up, yes. and I, you know, which was amazing. It makes sense. It's, and it also speaks to this wider awareness, I feel, that we're starting to to grip in the west they were exactly. not quite good at it but it's the preventative measures and like feed the stuff that allows you looks after the rest of you right look after yes. that and yeah. let it do the work I, I don't know if this is the right term but a, a microbiome you know what what you've got in your gut will determine your health so if you are feeding your gut the right things then your gut will return um, the idea of taking a probiotic that's exactly what we do with um, Korean natural farming, in particular with lactic acid bacteria, is that we are taking a, um, a microbe which will go in and will present balance or, or, or try to, 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 to address the, uh, uh, the, the balance. But when we make it, with our, uh, make it ourselves, rather than from a probiotic from a shop, they have to get a specific strain. They found that specific strain and they're able to bottle that specific strain. With lactic acid bacteria, we are taking a whole range of different, we don't even know. So again, the question what's in there, we don't know, but what we know is that when we capture that lactic acid bacteria, we capture it using the right source, and when we, um, when we uh, introduce that into soil, it repairs soil, it brings balance. When you uh, use it for human health it does the same thing I suffered probably about six years ago with really bad acid reflux could not eat a 
a slice of bread without feeling that my chest was on fire. Um, made lactic acid bacteria, uh, probably overdosed on it. But How'd you but, make it? Um, it, it it's, it's, it's basically um, uh, lactic acid, which we gather from the air. Um, but the, the, to finish the point, the lactic acid bacteria resolved the issue in my gut. I don't know, I won't want to use the cure, but I don't have that problem anymore. And now the majority of my diet is based on bread. So I don't have that issue. It's, it's addressed it straight away because there clearly was an imbalance in my gut. So lactic acid bacteria, it is um, something that can be done very quickly, very easily. And if uh, anybody um, uh, wants to know more, then we'll provide details and I'll, 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 it's certainly up on my, the Instagram, the, uh, the, the, the menu for this. Um, basically what we're doing is we're taking white rice now normally with rice you would wash your rice and you get some milky water normally you throw that away well we keep that water we put it into a bowl or into a, a, a jar and we leave that to uh, gather and what we're doing is we're gathering lactic acid bacteria which is everywhere literally everywhere um, it proliferates and it's captured in the rice wash water. After a couple of days, you'll see a skin or a film appear, rather than if you left your pan with that half washed rice in there, you'll see, you'll see like a milky water and then you'll see a skin appear. You'll see the starch settle down. So what we've done is we've created a uh, swimming pool of starch where lactic acid bacteria come along and they'll go, Yes, we'll have some of that. That's a great food source. So we're gathering that lactic acid bacteria in the rice wash water. After a couple of days, we're extracting that water and we're taking one part water and we're adding it to 10 parts of milk. So cow's milk, red top, green top, blue top, any, any not a nut milk. It has to be a milk, uh, a goat's or a cow's milk. So we add that lactic acid bacteria to the uh, milk. We'll cover that with a breathable lid and we'll leave it somewhere dark and warm, rather like our stomachs. <laughs> what will happen is the lactic uh, acid uh, bacteria or the lactobacilli will convert the um, uh, lactose in the milk and what you'll get is curds and whey. So you get a separation. You've just created yogurt. That's, that's all that process is. But we're using a broad spectrum rather than what a dairy would use, which is a very specific strain. They're doing exactly the same thing. So we, we separate the curds and the whey. So the lactic, lactic acid bacteria has consumed and converted the lactose in the milk. It's presented us with two distinct layers. A top layer, which is a spongy, solid, lump that's the curds take that away squeeze it add salt to it you've got yourself cheese or it's a yogurt straight away it's, it's a live yogurt below that you've got the whey that is a yellowy liquid we take that yellowy liquid so we separate it out make sure it's strained that yellow liquid we add to equal parts of brown sugar that will then stabilize so you've got a live culture that 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 uh, that LAB effectively or the rice wash water which is now inoculated with lactic acid bacteria they've had a party 
They've done everything they need, and anything that doesn't like lactose, that might have been in that rice wash water, dies off. That's the skin, that's the bodies of microbes. So we're specifically culturing lactic acid bacteria, but we're creating a, or, or culturing a broad spectrum. We then stabilize that lactic acid bacteria with sugar, with brown sugar. And the reason why is because it, it will bind with the water molecules, which the uh, microbes are made of, and it will put them into a suspended animation. Once that is being suspended um, and stabilized, then you would ideally keep it refrigerated. Uh, if it's refrigerated, you can close the lid, but it is a live culture. So I have had bottles of this explode because it's, it's like kombucha if you're sealed kombucha. So we have a lactic acid bacteria and again, the amount you use is one to a thousand. So in every liter of water, I'd add one mil of lactic acid bacteria. And that Not would a be lot. enough, nothing. It's hardly anything. It's almost homeopathic. It's nothing. One to 1,000. Absolutely nothing. Drop now, in the ocean, yeah. Exactly. But in a micronized form, it's super plant available, super micro available. It is the super soldiers, if you like. It is the guys who will come in there, they will repair everything. And that not only applies to soil, but it applies to human gut as well. So do so, you only use that in an environment, like you said, where something negative may have been introduced? Do you, do you bring that in as the, as the hero, or do you put that in always? You know, yeah, it's, um, it, it's pretty much a, a, an emergency measure, if you like. But in, within Korean natural farming, you have distinct stages of plant growth. And... The first stage is the soil preparation or seed soak. I would use lactic acid bacteria at that stage and also in the first stage, which is the leaf growth. But lactic acid bacteria is uh, expensive. And by that, I mean it will want feeding. It will be dominant. It will. So you can't use it too much because it's expensive to feed. It's like, and again, I'm going to use a terminology um, somebody else's terminology here but it's like having a policeman on every street corner you don't want that you don't want that why because it's expensive um, yes it does mean that nobody's going to kick off but it's expensive so you need to again have a bit of balance in when you use it so we use it in the seed soak and the soil preparation stage use it in the leaf growth stage but beyond that we'd only use it if there was an emergency okay so you mentioned different stages and a lot of plants have uh, a vegetative stage and then a flower or a blooming stage and uh, we touched upon the fact that most nutrients that you'd buy if you buy if you're um, growing some tomatoes you would have very specific different ratios of chemicals in there um, that would lend itself to the to the leafing stage and then to the blooming stage so is this does this carry through into this technique or are you kind of using the same water yes. throughout the whole grow no 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 it, it, it's very um uh, uh it, it, it is exactly that there are distinct stages whereby and this again comes from recognizing the plant if we were to talk about a hemp plant shall we say as an example and by hemp i mean all different strains of hemp up to uh that which is grown in fields in the uk to that which is grown in basements in the uk the same applies you can look at a plant and you can look at that hemp plant and you know the stage. 
you know when it's in pre-flower, you know when it's flowering, you know when it's done. Now, a plant such as a tomato plant, which would be putting out fruits at different stages, fruits and flowers at different stages, it's again recognizing the stage at which it needs it. You may find that if you have a, um, I forgot what the term is, is decid no, uh, determinate plant, if you have a determinate tomato, then you're going to be putting out um, at the same, uh, sorry, at the right time. You're going to recognize it's now going to fruit, so therefore I now need to apply this input. If it's, um, if it's a, a, an indeterminate, then you're, you're going to be switching between the two. And again, looking at a plant, you, you're able to recognize, is it going through, um, is it looking to grow leaf? Is it looking to grow uh, roots is it looking to grow structure so we we have here here so we we have basically the stages which are seed soak you then have a leaf growth stage a root and flower or uh, structure stage so it's like putting skin and bones onto a skeleton you don't want a plant to have a really thin stem and massive leaves something's clearly out of balance mm. so Given it too much of one or too much of the other, you're going to see that that change. So you, you, you can make a plant overfed. You, you hear people say that a plant, it, oh, it's too green or it's, there's not enough leaf or there's not enough stem. There, there needs to be a fine balance. You then have the, the, the seed or the um, fruit and reproductive stage. So this is where you're recognising when is that plant becoming pregnant, shall we say? it will, like a human, will show signs of that switchover stage, that crossover stage, as it's known in, in uh, uh, Korean natural. Um, and it's the same for humans. A woman who is new to pregnancy will be craving certain things, more likely sour foods. So we are able to, to recognise that crossover stage and apply the right nutrients. So if it's in pregnancy, you would be applying folic acid beforehand and vitamin whatever once they're x weeks in so that if, i always go back to look at a plant as you would look at a human address that with the the right solution but if all else fails we all always have across those entire stages we always have oriental herbal nutrient always brown rice vinegar always fermented fruit juice or fermented so plant kind of juice a foundation uh, it's the um maintenance solution mm. for else fails put those inputs out there so that's what i was going to ask you is you know back when we started this conversation um you mentioned out of the laziness aspect you want to be able to you know leave something and come back i'm the exact same i mean my garden i start off with the best intentions come you know like getting into winter time it's just a heaping mess because i haven't maintained it I, you know properly yeah so but this to me looks like quite involved so is is this simpler or less touch uh than you know the currently established systems or is it just different if uh, it, the, the way that i would always look at it is let's th th this is why i i am involved in the, the 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 hemp industry not only for um the fact that i'm i'm looking to we 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 sell a hemp soap and i'm looking for the best hemp oil for that but also the hemp industry rather like the cannabis industry is more open people in the cannabis industry and in the hemp industry want to know 
They want to learn, they want to produce the best product. There's not many plants that are used for medicine that have so much care on taken. I'm trying to encourage the cannabis community to, to do it, not only because it is the best way to get the best out of a plant, but also it's the cheapest way to do it. And the cannabis industry is a new industry and will be even newer. And if we have a way in which, same with organic food, price and availability. If you can compete on price and availability, everyone will want organic. Nobody's gonna want the crappy chemical stuff. You see it with plastic now. If there is an option, I will not have plastic. It's the same with cannabis. We need to grow organically. And the best way that I've found is using nature's methodology. We just do as nature does. We mimic effectively. And the, the way in which we can, we can do that is by creating good soil life. Um, so is it easier? Well, there's nothing more stressful than realizing you've missed when you meant to put liquid A and oh no, I've missed it by a week and now I'm, I'm off schedule. A plant doesn't grow to a schedule. The schedules, yes, well, we know. You can veg a plant for as long as you want, but somebody selling you a nutrient will say, only veg it for eight weeks. Why? Because I only want you to veg it for eight weeks, so you keep coming back and buy my product. Whereas I'd look at it and say, well, if you can reduce that cost, if you can reduce that reliance on somebody else telling you how to farm your plant, then that level of confidence, that level of um, ownership is going to be far greater, far more rewarding. There's nothing worse than looking at modern agriculture and saying, right, what do you need to do? And them saying, I'll wait for the guy to turn up to sell me stuff to tell me what to do. Let's bring farming, farming back to farmers. I enjoy looking out and recognizing when a plant is ready to go. Uh, is it effort? Not really, because I can put a sprayer on my back and I can water. Everything that I can do is based on water. I can spray it out on a larger scale. We've got industrial, uh, uh, style, uh, industrial size uh, sprayers. So the, 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 the mechanics are very simple. Um, the inputs are very health, healthy. The product is going to be the healthiest product. You are what you eat, eats. So whatever you are eating has consumed something and is going to take that on board. It's going to assimilate it into its cells. That's the truth for cannabis, it's the truth for tomatoes, it's the truth for potatoes. So are we going to continue with a system whereby we're polluting our soil, polluting our plants, to what end? To pollute ourselves? No, we're gonna go back and say, well, let's grow the plant to its fullest capabilities. Let's give it an environment whereby we don't need to be spraying shit on it every other week because it's so weak it can't handle a couple of green fly. That's the sort of thing that we need to move away from. And if it requires a little bit of extra effort, I've learned that only, that effort is only in the initial learning. Beyond that, it's like this tincture. To take it every day, it's habit. Maintenance. Yeah. Exactly. So cheap and more accessible. But what is the um, 
the final yields like in comparison? Would you expect a higher yield or just similar yield? If if yield is your um, if if yield is your measure, then um, increase in yield. Yeah, you only need to look at a forest and say, in nature's wisdom lies the path to abundance. You only need to look if given the opportunity to flourish to its fullest extent. A forest will become arboreal. A forest will become self-sustaining. We always go back to the who feeds the forest. As for quality, absolutely. I have eaten tomatoes that taste like tomato, that strawberries that taste like strawberries, and gained terpenes, mycines, you name it. You can taste the individual elements in these plants. Why? Because the plant has become the best it can become. Why? Because it's being fed the best it can. Why? Because these indigenous microorganisms, they know how to do it. They've been doing it for a millennium and they replicate every 30 minutes. Lo and behold, what have you got there? You've got yourself, super soldiers who know exactly what to do and they're not going to be poisoning the plant. Short answer, yield increased, quality increased. How much? Exponentially. Dude, that was awesome. We're, we're out of time, but that was, uh, yeah, certainly a, a learning roller coaster and some really worthwhile and excellent techniques. So thank you for sharing them with me and all of the listeners. No, thank you very much. And I just want to, can I just say, big shout out to my man, Tasty. We love you. I'm know. sure he'll know who that is. He will. He <laughs> Tasty! Will. <laughs>